It's time for Yusuf on security. Welcome back once again. In this episode, we will stay on the topic of Log4j. There is still a lot going on, and this is a developing story. In addition, we will recap all the top trending security news, and this week, it includes malicious Joker app scores half a million downloads on Google Play. Karakuk. What do you know about them? A new emerging data theft and cyber extortion hacking group. We'll have a look at that as well. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 46, recorded Saturday, 18th of December, 2021. Apache Lot4J continues. A new research shows apps that... Uh, trick users into being charged excessively with very little reward um, persisted on the Android App Store at Google. And Google has been fighting this fight for quite a while now and in recent months they tried to really eliminate those bad apps for their entire Android uh, mobile platform. However, this fleeceware apps, and that's what it's called, and a fleeceware is a type of subscription software that is usually a mobile app that comes within a hidden excessive fees um, and charges. And it doesn't give the reward that you expect after paying a lot of money. You should know by definition, fleeceware is not a malware as it doesn't really target the user's data or the operating system's integrity. But it still, it causes financial harm. The total damage done by this type of mobile malware, fleeceware, amounts to hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. Nevertheless, they trick users into paying a huge amount of money um, for simple apps with the same functionality that you might find elsewhere. And this type of apps has been installed over 600 million times or 100 million plus devices. And according to um, researchers, um, they pull this data from Google's own Google Play market. And while the researchers are somewhat really skeptical that the high number that has been reported um, might be completely legitimate, they, they do believe that the download numbers of some of the apps, including those um, popular keyboard apps, and that's what you normally would see um, a lot of people downloading, um, that has allegedly transmitted the full text of whatever users are typing um, back to, to China. What you notice is, first, the users are lured to these apps as a free trial, um, but when the trial expires, uh, if the user who downloads and installs one of these apps hasn't both uninstalled the application and informed the app developer that they are you know, finished with their trial, the app developer charges the user anyway. And this is really another, um, another you know, blow, um, to, 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 put, to put it mildly. This model is similar to free trial um, offers, um, which put the responsibility of counseling the, user, the, the service on the user. So the onus is on the user. The researchers um, did inform Google that these type of apps were active on the site back in September, and the company did take down some of the funding um, applications at the time. But since then, um, we, we've seen a lot of those um, apps which are still lurking around. 
When it comes to refund, um, so let's say a user asks for a refund, these are, I suppose, a number of annoyances for those getting fleeced, and that's the, that's the vocabulary. And researchers have said they get charged exorbitant amount of money with very little reward. Um, and this is really just adding um, insult to injury. For instance, in one case, an app that displayed subscription fees for $10 per week or $27 per month, um, which works out annually um, $521 or $321 per, um, per installation. And these researchers have posted a lot of um, known fleece, um, which they recommended users to avoid when downloading from Googleware. And I will list that um, to the show note. It's something really a trend that is actually developing, um, which is causing a lot of trouble. Um, what I do obviously see as well is um, those who are enthusiastic um, play with the operating systems and try all sorts of freely, inverted comma, um, applications, they need to also be aware because you really don't need to do a lot of effort to get around the security framework of the operating system, um, um, Android, to get, you know, to get infected. Um, this type of applications, which are making their way into the citadel of Google Apps, are really causing a lot of trouble for users, so um, just be warned. Karakurt, and this is the Emerging Data Theft cyber group, who use different tactic than the typical ransomware that you normally hear. Between September and November 2021, a previously unknown financially motivated organization because they trick people to pay money was linked to a wave of data theft and extortion assault on over 40 enterprise. And according to Accenture Cyber Investigation Forensic and Response team, the hacker group, which goes by the self-proclaimed Karakirk, um, was first spotted in June 2021 and is capable of altering its tactic and approach to adapt to, the, to their target environment. They noted the threat group is financially driven and opportunistic in character, and it appears to target smaller enterprise or corporate subsidiaries rather than, you know, the alternative large game hunting. And this is really the phrase used when they go for the big fish uh, game hunting method. And according to, to the team, the threat organization concentrates only on data exfiltration and subsequently extort rather than the more harmful, you know, ransomware deployment and therefore ask money kind of approach. And this is what you need to pay attention. We always knew that ransomware can resort to two actions. One, the fact that they ransom your data and ask you money up front, and that's it. But the ransomware evolution has led to them actually exfiltrating data before they ask you. And therefore, they keep that up their sleeve. And in the case where an organization fails or refuses to pay, then they come around and say, well, we have your data. We will expose it um, to the public domain if you do not pay us. So it's a 
punishment for those who are not paying. What this new group named Karakug is doing is actually just bypassing the complete upfront ransomware attack and just extortion their money by telling you we have your data. So they cut the chase and therefore concentrate on the latter part of the extortion of money. They have concentrated in the North America accounts uh, for the large part, 95% of the known victims so far, with Europe accounting for the remaining uh, 5% or so. The most targeted verticals have been professional services, healthcare, industrial, retail, technology, and entertainment. So quite large swathe of the industry. The goal, according to the researchers, is to avoid drawing attention to its malicious activity as such as as little as possible by using living of the land techniques. And what living of the land techniques is, is essentially using existing tools within the environment without them bringing other packages. Because the more tools that they try to download while doing their bad deed, the more likely the organization will detect those downloads so what they do is when they land and penetrate the organization then they try to find tools that they can actually utilize and a very good example is the WannaCry in where it found it will use the PSXL which is part of the PS tools of Microsoft freely available tools um, from the vendor and the fact that they are avoiding, you know, drawing attention is they learn the lesson of other ransomware groups who have really gone too far, too fast, and therefore attracted the governments um, of the world where then they have to show, they have to close shops. So they're trying to avoid that as well. And these attackers use a legitimate software and functions available in systems. And this is, again, what I'm referring to by living off the land. Um, and that includes the operating system components or installed software, i.e., for example, PSXEG and other tools, um, to move laterally and exfiltrate data rather than using post-exploitation tools like Copal Strike. For example, you can give an example, when they're exfiltrating data, they're not going to take the data as it is, as raw data, they probably will zip up. And therefore, they don't need to download Zip or Windra or others or Kafka in the Linux and Macintosh Well, They will try to find those tools within the environment and therefore use it against you. So following the, the ransomware assault on Colonial Pipeline, JPS and Kaseya, God, have we gone through a lot. Um, as well as the ensuing law enforcement measures that forced uh, actors like that side, remember those black matters and revel to shut down their activity only for some of them to revert, Karakuk, this group, looked to be taking a different approach. Rather than deploying ransomware after gaining the initial access to victims' internet-facing systems, let's say through legitimate VBN credentials, the actor focuses almost entirely on data exfiltration and extortion. And this is a strategy that is less likely to hold the target's business operation while allowing the cyber crooks to demand the ransomware in exchange for the stolen data. So this is really a target of the data rather than going for the money first. To prevent this cyber crew from attacking unparsed system with publicly known vulnerability, companies should use multi-factor authentication. And to authenticate accounts, deactivate RTB on external facing service, and upgrade infrastructure to the latest version. And we're talking about Log4j in the last couple of weeks. Upgrade, update is in everyone's mind.
So Log4j continues, and here we are. Just to recap, for those of you who haven't listened to the previous episode, towards the end of November, researchers from Alibaba discovered a critical vulnerability in a well-known open-source logging library called Log4j. The researchers responsibly disclosed his findings to Apache Software Foundation, the gatekeeper of Log4j, an additional vulnerability was then discovered, and I will list all of those vulnerabilities in the show notes. The initial vulnerability was CVE 2021-44228. That was released, and unfortunately it did not fix, so therefore a subsequent CVE was assigned to the second vulnerability, and that is CVE 2021-45105, which initially meant to fix the first vulnerability. And then a third was found, and this was then followed by CVE 2021-45046. It was frantic. Apache Software Foundation is a collection of well-intended volunteers, developers, who keep and maintain the open-source software, Apache. It was clear that the attackers would exploit this weakness to do dangerous cyber attack across the globe by assuming responsibility for designated servers with remote code execution. This danger has significant effect across all industry verticals, as you can imagine. It's used everywhere, and people don't even know the library exists within their code because they acquired a subset of a code from a different entity, let's say. So with a deluge of hacks upcoming, system administrators have been at work for the last at least a week or so, working round the clock to fix the loophole before the bad guys get to it. Up to last week, the existence of this vulnerability was a secret until Apache publicly disclosed to the world. And having said that, it's believed that Minecraft, the top-rated computer game platform, put up a blog entry telling the world that a form of the game had the Log4J vulnerability which could allow cyber criminals to take over the player's game and machine. And they asked their users to urgently download a security update, and the Log4J weakness was revealed in earnest, really. This puts the whole cybersecurity community in in frenzy. So what is the Log4J exactly? Just to recap, well, Log4J is a logging library based on the Java language. It allows system administrators as well as developers to keep an eye in order for them to see what activity is occurring on their application. It creates the log entries for events on their servers, essentially. And logging is crucial. It is an important aspect of housekeeping, as you guys know. It also let the admin review for typical operation and abnormal behavior and activity. For forensic analysts, it's very important for some logs to be left behind so that you can go through after the fact. The vulnerability is named Log4Shell, um, exploiting the Log4J module, and is caused by what programmers refer to as incorrect input validation. The application doesn't validate, make sure that it's valid, what has been put in, and this is really what the crux of the matter is. 
Normally, software will protect against data from untrusted users on the internet, but the the whole allows them to bypass this and allowing data from, let's say, untrusted outsiders to control the service operation. There's a really a good graphic that is on my usefulsecurity.com blog post um, linked um, related to this um, episode that you can actually have a look. And once that operation is taken over, um, that could entail everything from disclosing information online to automatically installing malware, according, according to Cisco Talos. And you can see where this is going. There's already reports where this vulnerability has led to ransomware being deployed on those, unfortunately, servers with unpatched Log4j. You might be asking yourself by now, how bad is this vulnerability anyway? Well, it's critically high. And this is compounded to the, to the fact that Log4j can be found in a wide range of applications, as I said, including those from Google, Twitter, Microsoft, Amazon, IBM, you name it. And even US cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency has mandated this to be taken care of by the 23rd of December this year. So it's that critical. And as a result, the flow provides an opportunity for hackers to gain access to millions of computer systems around the world, therefore really inflicting havoc all over the machines. And as I said, the cyber crooks, a la ransomware, has already gone into their mode. And they started with a ransomware attack on Kronos, a labor management platform which could cause payroll delay and which researchers believe is tied to Log4j. So there are evidence that this has now taken the nasty turn that we were expecting it to take. And other exploits, including stealing processing resources to mine cryptocurrency and, you know, setting up zombies, machines and bot the net, would all lead to the exploitation of this. So what has been done so far? Well, company must have um, developed um, a remedy so far because there has been a lot of patches that has been put out, at least not less than three. Um, not ideal when you have three. Um, it would have been really nice if one suffice, but unfortunately with the pace and the frantic nature of the activity around this vulnerability led to mishaps perhaps, and therefore we now have three vulnerabilities that people need to deal with. But you need to get into those, ideally, before hackers can use it in the wild. So many corporations, as the big names that I've mentioned earlier, um, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, Google, Cisco, etc., have stated that they have started to fix this and are continuing researching or working on fixing the, the problem as they discover this library being deeply embedded into their software is not an easy job. And this is a big headache for a lot of administrators, of course, because many corporate environment admins may be unaware that they build a Log4j within their applications, even though maybe it's not being used, but it's there. This is due because the applications are frequently designed with several components sourced from various sources, which you might not be aware of. It's a problem that even the, the White House ordered aimed to remedy by mandating companies selling software to the government to list all of the bits of pieces that they use. I wouldn't blame them. And it's estimated that the cleanup or the damage caused by Log4j vulnerability will take months, if not years, and this will need applying patches, versions to all affected systems. And it's it's fair to really say that it is probably that some hackers who had previously infiltrated before the patch was applied may set themselves a re-entry door and pay attention to that before you are 
apply the patch. So I think it's really prudent to say that you should really scavenge your environment even before and after that you have applied the patch, even if you don't see anything evident today, because this is a game of mind. They will bury themselves in, let the dust settle, and then reemerge from the woods. And given the widespread use of Java and Lockvoche, this is likely one of the most severe vulnerabilities on the internet, and I would say since both Heartbleed and Shellshock. And how to mitigate? Definitely apply those mitigation steps that, that, that is listed on the show notes and implement one of the following Java 8 or later. Users should upgrade to release 2.16.0. Java 7 users should upgrade to release 2.12.2. And otherwise, in any release other than 2.16.0, you might remove the module that is at the heart of this, the KNDI. And make sure you follow the steps that I will be listing in the show notes. Ultimately, as I said, it's a developing story. I don't think we've seen the end of it. Fixing it is one thing, but the exploitation and the techniques used already, ransomware, but also burying themselves for a later exploitation might actually cause more problem um, for weeks, months, maybe years to come. So you need to have a look at that and get on with it as soon as you possibly can. That's the end of the show, and thanks for joining me. If there is a new story emerging, you will certainly hear from me again. Take care.